Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to College Football Tailgate. Today is Monday, November 8th, 2021. I'm your host, Will Chambers. With me as always, Tyler Walgy. Uh-huh, he, <laughs> forgot, he forgot to unmute his mic. He was, wait, 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 wait. he was just talking about how, so no producer Smitty today, so we got... Ryan's gone. We got Tyler in, the, in, his seat. in the producer chair, and slide literally before one. we pushed record, you were like bragging about what a well, pro you are and how thing. you unmute, how you mute your mic, and then the second you go to talk, you forgot to unmute it. Here's the thing. That was beautiful. I come from a, I come from the radio days. I come from the radio era. From a land down under? A land down under. A land down under, mate. A little bit of a land down that's under. That's all British. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, that's more Australian, right? That's the no. land down under. That's what that was supposed to be. But anyway, so I, I, I was telling Will, bragging, like Will said before. Yes. I've done this a million times. I've produced all kinds of stuff from nonsense live volleyball games to you know like the Jim Rome show. So, mm. well, not live with Jim Rome, but like the syndicated version. Sure. So I know what I'm doing behind the behind the the buttons. I get back here. I and have yet. some fun. And yet. And yet. I tried to talk it. You know, that's what happens when the mute button's right there. For those just who don't know, I just muted myself. He just myself. muted himself again. Uh, yeah, but that He's was on, on purpose. You so. are a pro. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, yeah, no producer Smitty today. We miss him. It's we miss the, producer Ryan. It's just the two of us. And, just uh, the two of us. Right before, another thing you did right before we pushed record, Tyler. And we have a great show today, by the way, guys. We're going to recap week 10. A lot of college football news today to talk about. We got we're, news. We're going to go over uh, playoff rankings. We got asses of fire coming back. We're going to do some dumb debates. Uh, we were going to do... I love the dumb debates. Oh, the dumb debates are going to be great. And we're actually... I think we're about to start one here in a second. But... Uh, <laughs> but And then we're doing week 11 best bets. We're moving the uh, outdated mo- movie review for Deadpool to next week when Smitty's here. Well, we, he's we, the Deadpool master. Exactly. We want Smitty in the house for that. So we're going to push that to next week. You know what just happened? It's kind of like when you... Bre- like uh, if someone says... Uh, like uh, maybe they've never missed a free throw shot, and they go up and just airball a couple. Ah, you got you marlowed yourself. So if you're marlowed myself, uh, Chris Marlowe, shout out Chris Marlowe, <laughs> uh, Denver guy. He does the the TV call for the Denver Nuggets. He always would do that. He'd be like, he hasn't missed a free throw in 15 <laughs> attempts, and they always would miss it right then. So I've always called it getting marlowed at that yeah. point. Well, let, let's go. Let's have a nice show. Um, let's go here. You were making coffee. You had coffee before, I'm making some coffee, and you went up to get more coffee, and you came down and you said something that jarred me. You well, said, I, I'm, I'm "I reuse the same K cup." Yeah, I'm a K cupper. What? Uh, yeah, but why? And what happened was I made my cup before uh, my prep at like three thirty or four, and then I heated it up the rest of it a couple minutes ago. I thought I was going to be good. I mean, these are already up. crimes against coffee to begin with. But and okay. so I, I decided right before the show that I was going to have one more cup of coffee. But it's getting a little later here. Um, you know, it's about 530. And so I didn't want full strength. So I wondered... You wanted a half-calf. Uh, do I go half-calf? <laughs> half exactly. Uh, do I go new cup half full with full strength coffee or do I try something I've never done before and use this cake up over again which I did and I gotta tell you it's not horrible uh, I mean it's just a crime it's a crime that's like uh, is it a it'd crime? be one thing if you, if you had great, done it I 20 minutes great. ago but the yeah. fact that you just admitted that this was basically two hours ago it was two hours and then you went and reused the, the same cake two up. hours. 
it's i mean it sickens me as a as a coffee drinker myself and someone who sickens you it don't truly, you think that's a little oh i, I, I understand am, it no being. i am i am becoming ill um <laughs> no yeah you're right that's that, that's a little bit much saying it sickens me uh, but i do hey. think it's a crime against coffee to do that well i personally. mean crimes against coffee i'm okay breaking those i'm not a big coffee guy well you I told you this before no you are though you drink black coffee too right i like, drink black coffee but i use whoa. i use your audio a, is getting real distorted is it really? We sound like we're in Star Wars right oh, now. Oh, no. Do you hear that? I did not. That may be your yeah. headphones. Oh, maybe it's my headphones. Everyth- I get in this seat and things start going haywire. Things are going haywire. That was all me. I hopefully, don't know hopefully everyone else. So everything sounded normal on your end. Yeah. Okay, I, it was I'm my good. headphones. Let then. me know if it happens no, again. No, we're good. But, but I'm not a big coffee guy. I've told you this before. You drink coffee too early. Normal. I'm no. going to send you a video. I'm going to send you a video about cortisol and how cortisol is released into the body naturally if you drink coffee too soon in the morning, the cortisol in your body will stop producing it at its natural level. Wait about an hour and a half after you wake up to drink your first cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to help you out, Will. Yeah, you know, what's that line from uh, from Shooter? He goes, they said cigarettes were safe, uh, WMDs were in Iraq, and Anna Nicole married for love. So they can say whatever they want about about my coffee but I love it first thing in the morning. And actually, but, uh, to your credit, today I actually waited. I delayed my coffee, not on purpose, though. I was late. I was, I was running late, so I didn't have time to grab it. And, but normally, I, I want my coffee within, uh, within the first hour of waking I'm, up. I'm not saying you don't love it. I'm not saying you're not used to it. I'm Why telling would you, you say it's that I not don't love it? good for you. <laughs> I'm telling you. You got to stop. As, as a friend, you got you to gotta change it up a little bit. I can't do that. I can't do that. <sighs> I can't do that. But look, you know... Reusing, your, reusing you your K cup, I think maybe just what it does is any any bargaining power you have in this debate just look, goes out the look, window. Look, I am a uh, recycler. I like to save the mm, world one K cup. I'm green. I'm very wait, green. Wait, 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 wait. One K cup at a time. I'm just gonna go out <laughs> on a limb here and guess that those are not biodegradable K cups. And you're uh, literally. I mean, look, yeah. Are I you, actually you, store them, and I uh, grow ant farms in each one of them. <laughs> so there you go. That, that actually Repurposing would be cool. them. Uh, week 10. We got week 10 recap. Week we got 10. Co- a lot of college football news. And this week, week 10 was especially fun because we had some top 10 losers. We, had, we saw Michigan State. They get the number three ranking from the playoff committee and immediately go at Purdue where everyone was saying it was a trap game. You I, and I both didn't believe it. And they get their asses kicked by Purdue. I believe I uh, said you and Ryan last week were high if you thought they should be in the top four. Well, guess what? The committee put them in there at three. And so I think everyone was smoking a little bit last week. Well, t- I, hey, first of all, I you we tasked ourselves with guessing what the rankings would be, not saying who's deserving of them. Though that's a different debate. Uh, you're I right, predicted yeah. Sparty would make it, and I was right, and I will go I will go down in the halls of greatness for predicting that, first does, of all. Does, does it matter that these coaches like Mel Tucker, James Franklin, can be contacted midseason. I mean, I think a lot mm. of the, the the reason why... You think it's midnight Mel? Penn, I don't know. I'm not, I think a lot of the reason why Penn State lost earlier, they were not... You know, James Franklin may have not have been focused. He hired a new agent in the middle of the week. I mean, that can't James be... James Franklin did. Yeah, yeah. James Franklin did. Uh, and, 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 you know, now this is happening. So you wonder... Are coaches being distracted? Is it affecting the teams negatively? I mean, I hope. I hope in Mel Tucker's case, because I'd like him to not play Michigan anymore, because he's two and zero against them. <laughs> well, so look, he may end up going to USC. So USC, LSU, yeah, who knows? Yeah. But I mean, look, they go down, they lose at Purdue. Uh, Purdue has now beaten the number 
two or, or they, so they beat Iowa when they were number two a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Then they beat Michigan State number three, big time underdogs, five hundred thirty six passing yards and fifty eight rushing yards for Purdue. That's incredible. David Bell had a, had a massive game. O'Connell, the quarterback, had a massive game. That was just such a fun game, and, and it yeah, awesome. it sucks if you're a Spartan fan, but I feel like that game is what's great about college football, and now Purdue has another chance to make like three incredible upsets in one year when they play Ohio State this weekend. Uh, I've got a headline for okay. Purdue's school newspaper. Per don't bring that in our house. Um, see, look, it's clever. However, I think you can only throw out the per don't when they, when they get their mm-hmm. asses kicked or they mm-hmm. do something bad. That's when it's a per don't moment instead of Purdue. Purdue, your best. Hmm, give me some time. Okay. okay. Right. He needs some time. Uh, Bama almost goes down to LSU. I mean, what uh, the hell careful. was this? Easy, easy, wait, easy. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Did they get the win? Yes. Yeah. And look, these are rivals, and LSU has a lot of talent. And so is it that horrible of a win? No. However, this is concerning for Alabama. They had six rushing yards on LSU all game. Six, Tyler. Yeah. That is insane for an Alabama team. No, I, I don't even. I can't even imagine when the last time was when they ran for for that low yardage amount. I know, but they had twenty six carries, thirteen of them Brian Robinson. I mean, y- 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 so twenty three th- carries for six yards. That's yeah, that's bad. It's not great, but it's not like they sat there and pounded the rock. I mean, I'm not concerned at all. I think they're going to be fine. Were there oh, questions? Were there questions with maybe the offensive line? A couple fumbles, too. Three fumbles. I just see a team that's not necessarily focused right now, and I don't blame all that on Nick Saban. I know a lot of times I'll come after the, the coaches or I'll blame the coaches for something like that, but I just think it's inevitable. Sometimes you're going to have an Alabama team that, that that is a little unfocused. So I, don't, I, I think they're going to be just fine. I have no reservations. I didn't drop them too far in my power ratings. I still have them number one overall. I mean... I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, look, it is concerning. Am I, you know, I don't know if that means that uh, that Alabama is just like a bad team, obviously. I'm not going to go out as far as that. But at this point, like looking at the rest of their schedule, I don't know if I feel confident that they will beat Georgia. I don't think, I don't know if I feel that confident they'll beat Auburn at this point. Auburn's what? a really good team. Don't we have a bet board game, Alabama, Georgia? Yes. What's our line? I believe that, oh, man, we, we need to be writing these down. I think it's pick them. I think it is a pick I really And I'm all over Georgia there. Em. Yeah. I'm all and now you're going to be kicking yourself cuz Georgia is going to be favored in that but game. But that you you're exactly right when I th- when I made it, I thought that I was getting the best of it. I thought that right. Alabama was going to be two three-point favorites. Yeah. Now, god, all these futures bets. I'm I'm winning the bet board 11-6 this year yes. and all the futures you're just killing me. Well, on. we split the weekend. We had two bet boards. We went one and one. Yeah. And after yeah. the first win, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get both and so now I'm still in the same spot down 5, but at least I got a win. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, look. Bama, they're still Alabama and they're allowed to have a bad game, but it's concerning to me that you can only run for 6 yards 6 yards on an LSU team that's given up 150 to to everybody. Well, it doesn't look great. I understand yeah. that, but look, I'm still riding with them over Georgia. Okay. I, as I said, I, I won't repeat this because I think I, I breeze through it. I have them number one in my power rankings, and there's going to be a lot of people who are listening right now calling me an idiot, but I, 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 look, I, I sometimes don't get super involved with this. I let the math take care of itself, and, and the way I look at things, the way I project these teams, I still have Alabama number one. Could that be a little nearsighted? Am I not looking at a lot of the things that Georgia does well defensively and how that counteracts with what Alabama does? That's not what these power rankings are. I'm not handicapping Georgia-Alabama because honestly, the way Georgia can stop the pass 
and force Alabama to maybe do something that they were exposed last game where they can't do it at an elite level, that's not a great matchup, you know? So these power rankings don't take that into account. It takes into account general, how is this team against the average team in college football in a yeah. neutral field? So we'll see. Okay, fair enough. Well, Cincinnati almost lost, and they had game day in town. They brought game day to Cincinnati for the Cincinnati uh, uh, game against Tulsa Cincinnati when there were bigger games. They are not for real. They're a very good team, but I agree. And the committee uh, last week had them ranked six undefeated. So the committee was clearly saying, hey, we don't think you're that good. And also, by the way, we're never gonna. You're never gonna get in Cincinnati. Right. I mean, the committee would bend over backwards to make sure that a big program gets in over Cincinnati. And I think that no one is more excited and feeling good about it right now than the committee when they look at how Cincinnati has been the last few weeks. And yeah, they're they've won the last few weeks, but they haven't looked good. They needed you know every minute again in order to beat a Tulsa team, and that's with game day in town, right. all the TVs, everything. You know, it's it, it doesn't look good. Especially when they still have some games up on their schedule, they got to play SMU. They got to play uh, who else? They they have someone tough on their schedule still. But either either way, Cincinnati's not out of the woods yet, and I don't think that they have a chance at making the playoff right now. And that even includes now that the ACC is out because North Carolina took down Wake Forest. The ACC is so terrible, and it took Clemson having a bad year for us to truly see it because before it was just th- just this bad. But we had Clemson, and now with Clemson being bad, we can just see that. The ACC is a shit show. There's no, not a lot of good teams. It totally is. And, and I mean, back to Cincinnati, they are, they, they're not that team this year. They are not even as good as UCF a couple years ago that went undefeated. I mean, yeah. by the way, they have SMU coming up. Uh, my preseason SMU bet of over six and a half has already cashed. So nice. if, uh, yeah, if you guys Love follow it. that one. But, uh, but look, I think that Cincinnati... I don't want to see them in the Final Four. I want to see them in the Final Four if I'm a Cincinnati fan or maybe I'm a fan of a a Power 5 school who never gets the respect. As a general college football fan who wants to see the best games, I don't want to see Cincinnati. And I don't want to hear for a second, oh, they they took Georgia to the wire last year. That that was a game that Georgia did not want to be in at all. And, And I'm talking about the bowl game. But Cincinnati knows they're in a position where they just got disrespected last week. Luke Fickle calling everybody out, saying, "Ah, they had never played football. I don't know what's going on." That was an or- that was a-, a program that had a chip on their shoulder going into that game. They had a statement to make, and and, and they couldn't do it. So that's my point: yeah. is some of these other teams, when they have statements to make, and Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, they they don't have time to breathe to say, "Hey, this is a statement game," because they're playing in, in much tougher schedules. Yeah. So Cincinnati had an opportunity against three and whatever they are, three and six Tulsa, three and seven Tulsa, whatever. Um, I, I'm not sure that it's that many, but you get my point. Yeah. They yeah. didn't show up. They they didn't have. They had an opportunity to blow them out and really make that statement, and they couldn't do that. So I don't trust Cincinnati for a second. I hope they don't get in, even if they're undefeated. And I want to see the best teams. So I don't think Cincinnati's for real. Yeah, I agree. Look, I mean, I want Cincinnati in. I just don't want this Cincinnati in because they're not deserving. I would love to see some teams that we've never seen in the playoffs get in. It would be yeah. cool for a Cincinnati to get in. The problem is this Cincinnati team is going to get their asses kicked by Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. I mean, name it. Pick the team. Oklahoma. You know, whatever team ends up getting in there, Oregon, who we saw, you know, yeah. in the top four, um, you know, I don't think that Cincinnati can compete with them. And it, I, they are a team I root for. And it's it's actually a, a testament to how good Luke Fickle has gotten this program that we're actually ragging on them for not, like, living up to, like, well, playoff hype. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? It, no, it could be. But, I, I mean, I do agree with that, actually. But, look, when you're talking about the Final Four and what it takes to do that, 
I think that if you are going to get a group of five team in there, it's got to be so different, so special, so unique. We're not going to get a group of five until they expand the playoff. I think that's pretty yep. clear. But it's not just they always talk about Cincinnati's talking about it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair. The 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 whole makeup of the sport isn't fair. And by the way, when Alabama and Ohio State and you know fill in the blank have to go play in front of a hundred thousand people, top twenty five teams every single week, great coaching. It's just not the same thing for Cincinnati. They're playing in a very different league. And I know yeah. fans are going to be upset. I know it's a big fan base and a lot of people in Ohio right now. I mean, think about Ohio football. They got Ohio State Fuckers, who's fighting for They got Cincinnati. <laughs> Bastards. Yeah, exactly. But I just think that when you really look at it, the College Football Playoff Committee pisses a lot of people off. And I for understand sure. it. I don't side with them usually. And I'm really not the, the biggest fan of what they do in general. I think it's the best system we have right now. But I love that they're leaving Cincy out, and I hope it happens again. Tyler loves the committee. He loves owners. <laughs> uh, he's all about the big, the big guy, and fuck uh, the little guy. Yeah. Um, we talked about North Carolina beating Wake Forest. Ohio State almost gets beat by, by Nebraska legitimately. Uh, Nebraska missed three field goals. They ended up losing by nine points. They were in that up until the very end. Uh, you know, and, and the very end. Ohio State escapes and Nebraska. This is all coming out today. Scott Frost, they renegotiate his deal. He's back for next year. Uh, the athletic director is saying, hey, we're going to stick stick with you for the time being. And just like a couple hours ago, they announced <laughs> that he's firing four assistants. Our live audience thinks that's hysterical. Scott, Scott Frost fires four assistants, the offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach, the offensive line coach, the running back coach and their recruiting coordinator so cleaning house on offense which well, is pretty interesting well cleaning house speaking of cleaning house do you think scott frost has a clean house do you think he's a oh clean yeah guy? he's got I a maid he too he's got a maid oh. <laughs> he does, he's not even at his house these guys don't even they live in the and the athletic facility um, and look i like tyler and fair enough i respect it actually your hatred for nebraska is real being a colorado fan yeah. this is what we do with our rivals we we hate them we disrespect them but i like Nebraska has now lost all seven of their games by single digits. And this Ohio State loss, which is nine points, is the first one that wasn't a one-score loss. And a lot of these have been against good teams. They did it against Michigan State, against Michigan, against Ohio State. They just continue to do it. And I actually do think this program is headed in the right direction now. You know, who they bring in to get things better on the offensive staff and for recruiting, I don't know. I think that's a tough place to recruit to begin with. I actually think it's a smart move to keep them on and see where this thing goes because I actually think this Nebraska team is way better than their record shows this year. Uh, my power rankings have them... 132nd? 53rd. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's fair. Right? That's fair. Right in between uh, Virginia and uh, UCLA. I think that's fair. I mean, that's not that's not horrible considering their record. Virginia and UCLA have better records than that. So yeah, yeah. I so, think they're so a solid I guess team. I would and uh, agree with you there. Big news: they almost get the dub against Ohio State, but Ohio State keeps rolling. Um, things are bad though in Florida. Tyler Dan Mullen uh, fires his defensive coordinator and offensive line coach today after the South Carolina loss. It's the worst loss they've ever had against South Carolina. I think in like forty years, they've now lost four games in a row. Things are really bad, and we saw that piece of news today, Tyler. That's hilarious about quarterback Anthony Richardson who had oh, taken over God. the starting job for yeah. Emory Jones he's he was a starting quarterback the last couple weeks and we find out before the game oh he's not playing and the story is that he hurt his knee dancing in the hotel the night before the game Tyler 
Oh, here we go. You think this is it? I don't think this is what he was dancing I was, to, if I, I had to guess. I was searching before the show for best dancing music, what it could have been, and I wanted to find some weird stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is, to me, this is much more of like a, what you know. This? No, he wasn't dancing to that either. Definitely not dancing to that. No. I think it's probably got a lot more I got one more try bass. here. One more try. Okay. I mean, maybe, but I don't think so. You sure? Not unless they were like, you know, taking drugs the night before the game. <laughs> I don't think he's dancing to this one. But it's a bad look for Dan Mullen. Things are bad in Florida. You have your quarterback hurt his knee dancing. Look, that can happen to anyone. It's probably a freak occurrence where you can't hold him responsible for it. Guys dance after touchdown celebrations. They dance in the locker room, whatever. But it's just a tough look for Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators right now. Yeah, no kidding. And they couldn't really afford this. And we're going to talk some hot seat later on, but a lot of people are saying that Dan Mullen should be on the hot seat. Is he one of those coaches? I, this is not a great look for them. I don't. I, I sometimes am the old man who likes to blame the dancing and things like that. And and uh, the clouds. Some people say it's because I can't dance myself, which is crazy. If you've ever seen me on the floor, you know that's not the case. But you can cut up a rug. That's for sure. Not to this. This is not what you dance. What is this, like Halloween music still? I don't know what that one is. <laughs> there we go. I mean, I could see you dancing to this. I, I get a nut. I get a nice little beat going to this. It's like uh, Michael Scott in the office. Okay. He gets dancing. Like alone in the hotel room? Oh, yeah. I don't have many moves, though. We go to the <laughs> same thing over and over. Bring it around. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that you can dance. I've seen you. You're, <laughs> what, the, the main thing is enthusiasm when it comes to the dance floor. Yeah. I usually need a few drinks in me to be able to hit the dance floor. I got the enthusiasm, though. And I got the coffee tonight. As long so as I have the drinks, yeah. All right, so, hey, before we move off Florida, the state of Florida, should yeah. we play the, the Florida Man game real quick? Florida Man, yeah. Yes. yeah okay, I typed in Florida Man to Google. First one that comes up, Florida, 15 minutes ago. Florida Man pleads guilty to California tobacco mail fraud scheme. So it's hmm. a tobacco... How do you commit tobacco mail fraud? Mail fraud scheme. I mean, is it as simple as he didn't put enough stamps on the on the tobacco he's sending out to California? I mean, what, what's the point of... Uh, of selling tobacco to California when you can just buy that shit literally <laughs> I'm not anywhere. sure if that's what he did. It says a Miami man pled guilty in federal court to charges that he defrauded the state of California of more than $10 million in tobacco tax revenue. Okay, that's much. I thought we were talking about some guy who's mailing tobacco to his buddy in California. Not no, like I'll a keep his name out. Fancy he's 43. No, what's Entered his name? Let's name him. <laughs> Dox him. And should we say that? Can we say that or should we just leave it? Let's leave it <laughs> Yeah, I'm kidding. Entered a guilty plea in U.S. District Court for the Eastern District, blah, 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 to a charge of conspiring to commit mail fraud and non-cigarette tobacco schemes. Between April mm. 2016 and December 2017, he provided multiple California businesses with untaxed non-cigarette tobacco, such as cigars, oh, okay. so chewing this tobacco, is the and loose-leaf tobacco. Yeah, I mean, look, if you can't, mm. you can't duck the IRS. It's death no. and taxes. Two things. Yeah, so there you go, Florida Man. Yeah. It's the Florida Man game. Florida Man, I love it. Look, uh, they could have used some tobacco in Florida for that game maybe <laughs> to juice them up. Uh, Tennessee, they beat Kentucky in a shootout. That was such a fun game. Big win for Tennessee in this Tennessee program that is just getting better, it seems like, every week. They have a huge matchup against Georgia this weekend. And tough for Kentucky, who their football program has been really good the last few years, probably the best maybe in program history as far as like four or five-year run. And now they've lost three in a row, all to good teams, but – you know, things are not looking in the right direction for Kentucky that, right but now. But that is why I don't favor teams from the AAC. If 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 Kentucky's playing Cincinnati's schedule this year, oh, they're yeah, undefeated. For sure. They're under you know, so yep. that's the whole thing. That's where it comes back to the argument. So, you know, Kentucky's a really good team this year, but they play in the SEC. So Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Texas. Things are bad in Austin, Texas right now. Four, Horns down. Four losses in a row for Texas. I'd like to make a note. Again, this is now the second week in a row that Texas covered the first half line and then lost and did not cover the full game. We're just going to bet it blindly, Tyler. We're going to keep betting it blindly. And my wake bet didn't hit, and that's exactly what you called last week. You said if Wake Forest doesn't hit and Texas first half does... So I expected some shame this year. I mean, does that? I feel like it, that should just be a bet board victory, personally. But you know, <laughs> uh, we're, we're not gonna. I'm not looking for charity uh, mm-hmm. wins here. But I did call it. That's all I'm gonna say. I called it. The, um, audience, the audience doesn't like it. But things in te- <laughs> things God, in Texas. I, so many buttons over here when I when I'm behind. The you thing. love the buttons. But here, I also have one more button I want to hit. This okay. is of Will last year. We got we got some sound of Will, and <laughs> I guess he saw a juicy line with Texas first half. And you know what Will says. I see something that looks juicy, and I want to have it. That's exactly what every <laughs> Texas first. Although now I'm actually worried that now is not going to be the time to jump on them first half anymore because after four mm. losses, things are bad. They had their top receiver from last year just transfer out. Apparently, he got into a big argument with Sark uh, in practice, and now he's in the transfer portal. Wow. Things are bad in Austin, and it doesn't get much worse than losing four games, but uh, it's pretty rough when your special teams coordinator – uh, his girlfriend's pet monkey is att- attacking children on Halloween. <laughs> pet monkey. Yeah. I mean, look, that's a tough look. And actually, the, I, you know, look, if you're not so familiar. T- yeah, yeah. Tell the story, for, the story for those who may have missed it. Halloween, so this came out like uh, the morning after we recorded last yeah. week. And when I saw <laughs> it, I was like, fuck. <laughs> right? I was like, we totally missed it. But what happened is on Halloween, so Texas is uh, strength, or not strength and conditioning, their special, special teams, teams coach. Yeah. He came over from Alabama, was a really big hire for Sark when he pulled him away from Alabama. This guy has a girlfriend who apparently used to be an exotic dancer. A stripper. Her name, her her <laughs> pole name was like Pole Assassin. That was her, put your, her stripper name. Put your name. hands together for Pole Assassin. Pole Assassin. Uh, she, she kills the pole. Wait, put your hands together for Ferrari. And she apparently made some good money and then, you know, ended up uh, getting a good deal with her boyfriend and has a, has a pet monkey, a little pet monkey, not like a big chimp or like a ferocious okay. orangutan or anything, but a little pet monkey. Yep. And it's caged up in the backyard. You can do whatever you want in Texas. You can just have monkeys in your backyard and your shed or whatever. And they had like a haunted house thing for their trick-or-treaters for the kids to go through. And I actually feel for it here because what happened is some like 10-year-old kid got bit by the monkey and the parents are like contacting the state about it. But the, the girlfriend quickly went to Twitter to defend herself. And she was like, look, she did a video like this is what this kid had to do just to get access to this monkey. And this kid was snooping around, shouldn't have been there, okay? Uh-huh. The kid, like, went through the backyard, went through, like, four gates oh, no. and into the monkey <laughs> enclosure to get to the monkey. This monkey was, like, clearly caged in, and I actually feel bad for them. And so, you know, look, it's just a tough look. I think we always talk what about college football story. with distractions, but when when monkeys are attacking people, your strength and your, your – I see, keep saying it. Your special teams coordinator is having a tough go at it, so, you know. So what's happening to the monkey? Uh, I believe they're going to rehabilitate him among other... Mo- no, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I want this I to be a good I ending for the monkey. I think the monkey's going to be fine. I think this kid clearly monkey. got into the cage. The haunted house was not like... First of all, if you incorporated a monkey in a haunted house, then that's awesome, and you should be thankful <laughs> that you got to experience that, even if you got bit by a monkey. But just hilarious. It's just things are bad in Austin. Are you a fan of the elaborate 
haunted houses, the ones where you go in, it's a whole production, you go through the maze, they try and scare you, and then they give you candy on the way out. Are you a fan of that? Uh, I've done it a couple times, and you, you've done it yourself, or you've like gone and experienced it. Oh, I've gone there. No, I've never like like made a haunted house, but I've gone to like it was a haunted corn maze thing or a cornfield. No, no, no I'm t- I'm talking about creating one homes houses oh, yes. we go to and they're I, like come I, I, in to our experience yes i think that that's i Whoa. like people that go all out for halloween and i think that's cool especially when like people dress up yes really spooky uh-huh. um but i think we should incorporate more monkeys that's what that, that's my personal opinion <laughs> that's a takeaway yeah for sure okay so tough luck T- things are not good in austin right now hopefully they can get a win and get the monkey off their back thank Hey-ho! you very much thank you very much um Last last little note I had from week 10 news. Your boy, Tyler, Mike Leach, uh, they lose the game. Mm. They lose to uh, – who is Mississippi State playing? They lo- Arkansas? Is that it? Yes. They lose to Arkansas uh, on the road. They, they miss three field goals, I believe. And after the game, Mike Leach comes out and says, we're holding open tryouts for kicker. Anyone oh, that wants God. to kick that's a student, just come and do it. He's just he's thrown his, his kicker under the bus, obviously, for missing three. Yeah. And I actually love this move from Mike Leach. Uh, he's always going to keep it real. Yeah. You know exactly what he you're getting with him. At least he's not out of nowhere. Like, if... Yeah. Uh, if some random coach did this, if Jim Harbaugh did this, that would be oh, yeah. sort of out of character. Absolutely. And, and so it's like, hey, this Mike Leach is what he does. People want to play for him because he's real and... I don't mind it at all. I, I love I love Mike Leach. This is very fitting for Mike Leach, and you're right. If someone else does this, they get dragged for it, but we mm. all just chuckle at, my, at Mike Leach. I chuckle. I, I love chuckling. You love a good chuckle. <laughs> um, that's it for week 10. We're moving on now. Playoff rankings. So we talked about it last week. We predicted what the playoff rankings would be. They ended up coming out with Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Michigan State 3, and Oregon 4, which I actually feel like Oregon was the biggest surprise, especially when you consider... You had an undefeated Cincinnati team behind them. You had an undefeated Oklahoma team at eight behind Michigan, behind Ohio State, behind Oregon, behind Alabama, all these one-loss teams. And Oregon gets in, especially – I feel like the committee usually does not love the Pac-12 at all. Maybe they're just valuing that win on the road against Ohio State that much. But like we said last week, they're hot take artists. They want to put Oregon up there, and then at the end of the year when they take them out, they'll say – yeah, but they had a week schedule. They didn't have any great games. Look at their schedule compared to Ohio State and who they had to play. So that's true. It's just the committee being shifty. You it know? is. It's shifty. Yeah. And you know what? I actually I respect it because you're right. They are hot take artists. They are. Yeah, they are. Stephen A. and Skip Bayless. They watch Fox Sports News and ESPN exclusively. Well, and like they know that ultimately the rankings don't matter week to week. At the end of the year, they're going to put in the four teams that they were going to put in no matter what happened before that. Right. So might as well get people talking, get the needle moving. You know what I mean? Get get uh, get some interest on the rankings. So why not throw Michigan State and, and Oregon in when no one thinks they're going to do that? I've always I've always said this: college football playoff rankings from weeks ten to thirteen mm. are like the plot in a porno. There's there there's no point. It's zero purpose. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it's fun. But it's, it's fun. You know, look. It's, you know, we all play along. We all need a place to start the exactly. story, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, you might not be into it if it just went straight to the cable guy banging the chick. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, you exactly. might be like, what's going on? Why does this guy have a utility belt on? Hey, give me some background here. Yeah. Um, so Michigan State obviously loses. They're going to be out of the top four. 
Do we think that Oregon just moves up to three now and Ohio State moves to four? Yeah, because the committee's still going to go with Oregon beat Ohio State until the next few weeks where Ohio State has a lot better wins. That's so true. until that, Oregon has the heads up win. They That's get the a nod. good point. And Michigan will be back up to like number six now, Uh-oh. probably. Uh oh, maybe Is even Michigan above back? Cincinnati. Oh, well. You know what? I mean, no, they're not. Oh, first well. of all, they're, that ranking is too high, but it is advantageous for them. Should they want to still have a, a path to the playoff, it's there. They need Ohio State to beat Michigan State. So that Michigan State has two Big Ten losses. Mm-hmm. And then they need to beat Ohio State head-to-head and be able to win the Big Ten East. Now, that's not going to happen. Even if Ohio State beats Michigan State, Michigan's not beating Ohio State this year. I'm just going to say I, it. I don't, don't get your hopes up. I don't love your lack of enthusiasm. This is not about lack of enthusiasm. This is like I strictly just mm. – I know too much. I've seen, I've seen this movie too many times. They, they they never beat Ohio State, especially not when Ohio State... If they had played them early See, in the year, maybe, when no, Ohio State was struggling. No. See what you're doing. I'm, I'm going to be your therapist here for a minute. You're you're protecting yourself from any negative... It's not your fault, Will. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault. Dude, you're just... Because if you approach every season like this, which I know you do... You're you're gonna every time they lose, you're gonna say, "See, I told you." You know, this is what happens. Yeah, every but time- that's because this is what happens. Experience is the best teacher, and and I've seen it too many times. I've seen Michigan go in ranked higher than them, favored, and they still get their asses kicked. Or I believe there's I believe there are two Michigan- options. There are two options for the game this year for okay. the game between Michigan and Ohio State. Ohio State uh, blows the doors off of them, boat races them, and beats them by twenty five. Or Michigan loses in a heartbreaking fashion at the end of the game. Those are the only Why two options. Why can't Michigan win in a heartbreaking fashion for Ohio State? Because <laughs> uh, it ne- literally never happens. It's I, happened. They've beaten I'm them gonna, once in the last like just, 17 years, Tyler. I'm going to be cheering for it. Well, I, of course I am too. I want to <laughs> be wrong. I'd love to be wrong, but I'm just not going to be. Unfortunately, I'm always right, and that's a little sneak preview Uh-oh. to a segment we're going to have next week about Showing how we're always right. You know what I mean? Okay. We're only going to showcase the wins, not the losses. <laughs> um, yeah, so the playoff rankings. Now, Tyler, did you want to do a quick uh, a quick game, the playoff or what was it? Playoff or drop-off. Playoff or drop-off. Yes. Yeah, okay, uh, hit me with it. All right, playoff or drop-off. I've got five teams here for you, and we can make this as, uh, as quick as you want to. Playoff or drop-off, and I'm going to go uh, in no particular order here, okay? Cincinnati. Do they make the playoff or do they drop-off? Oh, they're out. If, they, if the playoff had... If the playoff committee had put them in the top four to start and said, hey, we value them, this is what they can do, even if they go undefeated at this point, which I'm not sure they will, someone else is going to beat them to, to the spot. Okay, so Will says drop-off for Cincy. Oklahoma, playoff or drop-off? Oh, We've got the Big 12 championship. Got a big game this week against Baylor. Yes, they do. Um, Baylor, I don't even know her. I think Oklahoma does make it in, possibly even with a one loss as long as they win the Big 12. Will says Oklahoma is in. Yeah. All right. Now the tough one. Oregon. What do we do with Oregon? Uh, look, if they end up winning out and they only have the one loss and they win the Pac-12, I think they will make it in. But unfortunately for Oregon, and Pac-12 and Oregon fans know this too well, they're going to lose a game they're not supposed to. They already did it against Stanford. They're going to do it again against a team that they should beat. I mean, they'll do it to like Arizona, like one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. It's going to happen. They're going to end up with two losses. Remaining the Pac-12 schedule is going to be left out. Remaining schedule: Washington State at home, That's Utah a trap game, Utah on the road, Oregon State. 
yeah, at I home. Mean, they could lose. They could lose any of those three games. Oregon State's been tough this year. I, on the road at Utah is always so they're tough. They're saying drop off. Yeah, they're out. All right. Will says drop off for Oregon. Sorry, Duck fans. Two more teams: Ohio State playoff or drop off. Oh, they're in. They're playoff. They're going right. to go undefeated the rest of the way. They're going to be in, and uh, they're going to have a decent chance at winning the national championship. And Alabama. What do you think? <sighs> Ooh. Tough I'm, one. I'm Babe Ruth in it right now. Uh-oh. Their drop-off. Wow. I Will think Alabama no. could lose a game still before they get to the Georgia game, and I don't think they beat Georgia. And I think if they lose to Georgia, they have two losses. They're not in regardless. Mm. But I think there's a decent chance that they could lose to Auburn, uh, who they still have to play. Well, there we go. Yeah. That's playoff or drop-off, Will. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good job. The Love audience it. loved it. Love The audience it. loves you. They really, really <laughs> love you. Well, let's find out who the audience doesn't like because we're playing Asses of Fire. Uh, asses of Fire. Asses of Fire. Uh, hi. I want six tickets to Asses of Fire. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in it. The co- there's, there's some hot seats. We've already seen some coaches get fired. Mm-hmm. There's names being thrown out for who they're going to replace, but I still think we're going to end up with more programs that get rid of their head coach and see what they can do about finding someone new. And Tyler, I've got four names on my list. Okay. Um, name your four, and I will let you know who I have that you don't. All right. Uh, Dan Mullen. Now, this one's interesting. A lot of people are saying Dan Mullen. I personally understand why someone would say Dan Mullen. Okay? The expectations have been high. Florida's got a great roster. He's losing games and not staying in games. He's really not living up to expectation. However... I think Dan Mullen's one of the top five, six coaches in college football. It doesn't matter to me, these little blips on the radar. I know he's not having a great season, but to me, I think it'd be crazy to get rid of Dan Mullen. He's one of the best in football. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. These ADs and regents at SEC schools have ridiculous expectations. You're going to play in a league with Alabama and Auburn and a lot of great teams. So for Dan Mullen to have a couple slip-ups here or there this season, don't get rid of him. He's one of the best in college football. You'd be doing a huge disservice. You would set yourself two, three years back. I think they should keep Dan Mullen, but you're right. He he is on the hot seat. A lot of people are talking about it right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing about Dan Mullen, I've always thought that he's a really good coach. He's a fantastic offensive coach. And I don't think they should fire him right now. I think that is rash. But I do think the reason why he's on the hot seat is because Florida should be better than this. And you can't lose these games in a row. I think they've lost three or four in a row now. And to some teams they shouldn't lose to. But the real kicker here is that Dan Mullen has never been a very good recruiter. And he hasn't recruited as well as you should being in Florida, being the University of Florida. You know, there's a story I read uh, and I think it was like the Gainesville Sun, uh, some Gainesville newspaper, and they, you know they basically rounded up. They, uh, they were quoting an, an an article from the Athletic, and they were rounding up quotes from anonymous coaches and staffers at other schools. And there was one that was really big that said, "This was from a anonymous Power Five recruiting staffer." It says, "Mullen is an embarrassment to the recruiting profession. He's shown a propensity to be clueless with why recruiting is so important." And this just adds to what is already known out there. He doesn't get it, and by it, it uh, I mean he doesn't understand what it takes to be an elite program. Now, that's interesting because the that reputation has followed him a little bit, and it made sense when he was at Mississippi State because that's not a place where you're going to get top five, top ten recruiting classes. But once he upgraded to Florida, everyone said, oh, look out. He's, he's won a bunch of games at Mississippi State. He's clearly a good coach. But for whatever reason, he doesn't resonate 
with high school players or their families or whatever enough to be a good recruiter. And that's an issue at Florida because if you're going to compete in the tough SEC, you have to recruit well, especially in the state of Florida. And it worries me that you know it's one thing when they're winning games and they had a really good team last year because at that point you just say, well, it doesn't matter. He's not going to get fired. He's winning games. When the losses start, how quick can things go south when you're not recruiting well as well? Well, I, I've never really understood that or, or, or seen that about him. But here, let me ask you something because that's sort of – new to me. I've never equated, and I know people have talked about that, but I've never made it such a big deal with Florida. Maybe I should have. Do you think that Dan Mullen is self-aware enough to say, you're right, this is an issue. I'm going to hire someone. I'm going to put someone on the recruiting trail because as long as he's not heading things up, I think this is okay for Florida. As long as he understands and is self-aware enough to say, maybe they're right, maybe this isn't a strength of mine, Florida's the easy place to recruit to if you're a good recruiter. So yeah. do you think that that could be the... Well, the- he basically has come out because he's had questions about this in his tenure at Florida there because he hasn't signed like a top three, top five class really. And so people have asked him and he he's come, had to come out and say, look, we're recruiting all the time. We're working hard. I think that this is maybe just a, a thing with him where... You know, it's not to say he's a bad guy or whatever, but for whatever reason, he just can't connect with these high school kids. Mm-hmm. And I do think that at Florida, it's it is a requirement to be an elite recruiter. Well, Dan Mullen also kind of seems to me like a bit of a shifty guy himself. Mm. We know how how strange his wife can be. We know Kisses how players. No I mean, big deal. He's the people who he surrounds himself with are kind of odd. And so I think that, you know, we don't often get to see what kind of people these coaches really are. Right. So I think that if you connect the dots from all the weird stuff that happens around Dan Mullen, he's probably himself a bit of a weird, shifty, shady kind of guy. And a lot of people can pick up on that. I'm sure he's got his hair combed. He looks all nice when he goes into these homes. He's just but a, also, kind of a strange guy, maybe. He is. But also remember, when you're recruiting these, these high schoolers, Yes, you're recruiting these kids and you want to appeal to them, but you also really want to appeal to their mom. Oh, you'll, for you'll sure. You'll hear great recruiters talk about this all the time. You recruit the family, you recruit the mom. Yeah. You want to make them sure you want to make sure they know that their son's going to be safe with them and trust them. And if Dan Mullen's coming in recruiting against other elite level recruiters in the SEC, yeah. you got shifty Dan Mullen or someone else, you know, maybe endearing Jimbo Fisher and yeah. And Nick Saban wearing all of his hardware and his rings, you know, it's it's maybe tougher to do that. So yeah. Now that being said, just a side note, as a Michigan fan, I think I'd rather have the guy like Dan Mullen, who's proven to be a big game coach and can win a lot of games, but isn't as good of a recruiter. Whereas Harbaugh's kind of the opposite. So um, you know, it is a fine line. You need both. Yeah, exactly. To to be elite, but that's a very interesting discussion. Which would you rather have? Yeah. But yeah, there you go. Um, Next guy on my list, Jimmy Lake. Washington head coach. Yeah. Uh, I mean, once you you punch one of your players in the face, things tend to go downhill. Well, you know what's funny is that, you know, look, obviously, like, the kid is fine. He was wearing a helmet, and Jimmy, like, kind of, like, slapped his head a little bit. It was an open hand. Yeah, it wasn't even that bad, but, A, you can never do that. You can't put your hands in the players. This isn't isn't the 80s anymore. You're always going to be on camera, and you're always going to get in trouble for that. But I always loved it when players would get into fistfights with their helmets on because you're just going to break your hand. Right. So it's a stupid move from him on two, you know, on two accounts. But the fact that they just announced today he's going to be suspended one game for it. There's no way he survives this year. Washington is a dumpster fire. They've been horrible. They came in with preseason hype. Everyone thought they were going to be good. Both of us thought that. Mm. You know, I had questions about him, but I didn't think they'd be this bad. And now when you're getting suspended for hitting hitting your player, this just can't be good. And if I'm Washington. 
I'm probably trying to get rid of him now and stay ahead of the coaching carousel yeah, and get exactly. someone new in. Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of the the higher-ups at Washington wanted him out anyway. This is a perfect excuse. Sometimes these things happen. And maybe if Washington acts on this, they can maybe even get out of some money. They could have potentially paid him because he would be violating certain you know parts of his contract. Yeah. I mean... I don't know if they have it specifically in there. You can't hit a player, but probably, they probably somewhere. <laughs> probably <have> something <laughs> alluding to that. So it's uh, it's not good right now in the Pac-12 North outside of Oregon. And yeah, I think changes are coming to Washington. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next on my list, Mike Norvell. Mike, Florida State just continues to be bad. They're not improving. He's a guy that I actually thought would do well and and a lot better this year. And you know, look, I get it. At some point, you have to give a coach time, and this is only his second year. But it, to me, it's worrying that, once again, we're talking about a Florida school that that should be able to recruit better, should have more talent, should be in games more, and they just continue to, to flop. You know, and they, they lost to NC State. Um, I, I have major questions about what this guy can do and if he can turn that program around. Where did he come from? Uh, Memphis. Mm-hmm. And he did, he did big things at Memphis. They had a really good offense, but that's not the same thing as competing in the ACC or competing at, you know, at Florida State. Yeah, I don't have my mind, but uh, we'll see. I mean, Florida State's been obviously really disappointing this year. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. And then last name, also ACC, Justin Fuente, mm. Virginia Tech. The, you know, they started the year off hot with a win against uh, North Carolina. They had a couple big wins this year, but once again, it's so – the swings are wild. They're really good one week, and then they're terrible the next week. There's no consistency there, and I feel like, you know, this is going to be his last year. I do think that he is fired by the end of the year just because things have gotten worse and worse since he started there. And apparently he doesn't have a good reputation with the media there really? to begin with, really? which is never a good sign when you're struggling. Okay. Um, I have one more coach who I think he left off, and they didn't have a good showing this week. Stanford, David Shaw. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, Stanford doesn't have a history of being an elite program, and I think David Shaw is – you know, he's a good coach, so I don't want to make this seem like this is super anti-David Shaw, but Stanford's got to do something different. They're kind of yeah. stuck right now. They're not looking good. This was the year for Stanford to excel. You might, we talked about this preseason. Stanford finally, after a couple years of missing the mark, they finally had that kind of roster that Stanford wants with all these tight ends, all these running backs, this great offensive line, and David Shaw has not capitalized at all on it. I think they're falling backwards. I think he's was merely keeping that thing afloat from the Jim Harbaugh era, Yeah, and I think it's time for a change in Stanford. Again, I've said it earlier, the Pac-12 North is in disarray right now. I think they, should, they would be wise to cut ties. I don't think they will, but I would certainly put them on that list. I mean, he's got to be getting close for sure, and you're right. I mean, look, I think that he is a good coach, but I think that maybe he just kind of got figured out. People figured out what he wants to I do on so offense, yeah. and he's clearly not he's clearly not adapting but or think, changing things. But think about the coaches that have recently come into the Pac-12. You've got Chip Kelly, who's really improving. You've got Herm Edwards. I mean, yeah. there's already good coaches in the Pac-12 North. So despite what people say about the Pac-12, and I'll give it to to most fans out there, the Pac-12 can't recruit. They've got a lot of bad players. These coaches are really good in the Pac-12, so you got to think about that too. And then a low-key name. This is real low-key. This may be a hot take, but I'm going to throw Steve Sarkeesian out there. I'm going to throw oh, Sark on boy. the on the low-key hot seat. I know they're going to give him another year. They're going to give him a few years, a few, I think. I'm putting him on the low-key hot seat because those Texas higher-ups, they can be impatient. That's you never true. know. So I'm going to put Sark on like the... It's just... Turning on. You know when you, when you when you boil water and you just turn it on, you go, okay, it's going to be a few minutes, mm-hmm. and it's just getting... You that's can where see like is. a bubble forming on exactly, the bottom. Exactly, exactly. So it's not super hot right now, but the bubbles are forming. 
Okay, interesting. I mean, look, that's a very interesting take because, yeah, they've lost four in a row. They're expected to do better. But even still, it's the first year, and you know, I think that to start the season, we all would have expected they'd be better than this. But they also have they've they've had their moments. Like you can see it with Texas, they have their moments. I think if they can get a much better defense, a much more disciplined defense that can, you know, keep other teams from just gashing them, they lose another one to Iowa State. Obviously, yeah. you know, I I do think that. Uh, the quarterback situation is not good between Casey Thompson and Hudson Card. You got Casey but Thompson but, with the injury. But we've seen flashes, and that's the thing. It's when these quarterbacks come out there and look good for a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. It's so funny how you want to direct the blame sometimes, or I want to direct the blame to the players, the right. coaches. And But uh, I just had high expectations for Sarkeesian coming into this year, and they're not doing much. So. Yeah, absolutely. Who knows if he can even get a few more wins out of this and keep the locker room together with the wide receiver transferring yeah, exactly. out. So, um, Tyler... We're going to do dumb debates and then uh, our week 11 uh, best bets. Yes. But first, we need to talk about BetUS. BetUS, one of the best sports books out there. Get your money in easy. Get your money out easy. And the second thing I just said, that's the most important. You want to be able to get paid after you win. Now, if you use our promo code TAILGATE and you sign up with BetUS, you're going to get a 100% discount anyway, okay? So you put your money in. Let's say you put in 50 bucks. You'll get back 50 bucks to you. So before you know it, you'll have 100 in your sports betting account. And yeah, there's going to be a bit of a rollover, meaning you have to spend a certain amount to get your money out like any other uh, sports book or website. But once you do, and once you hit that rollover, it's so awesome the the way that BetUS likes to work with you. And, and here's the thing: there's a lot of sports books out there, like uh, the the popular ones, maybe that 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 uh, advertise on like these football games, and they're all over the place. Yeah, you get in, and they give you a bonus. But once the bonus is gone, it's gone. With BetUS, they'll call you back, they'll text you, they'll send you an email if you if you opt in. And they'll give you all kinds of bonuses and promos and all kinds of unique things. And the, the difference is, the reason is, why they can do it in other places like MGM, FanDuel, DraftKings can't. They It all comes from the same marketing budget. FanDuel, DraftKings, MGM, they spend their money on TV commercials where BetUS says, no, no, we're going to take our advertising money and our marketing money and spend it on our customers. So yeah. they're always giving back. They're always offering promo codes, always offering bonuses. And like I said, you can get your money out very easy, get paid whenever you want to. They're a great sports book. I highly recommend them. And if you already have a sports book that you use, add another one. It always helps to compare prices. One team may be minus seven on your sports book. They, they could be minus six and a half on BetUS. So you could always get better prices if you shop around. Online, BetUS.com. Use promo code TAILGATE or give us a follow on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. And uh, we post uh, uh, our picks every week. And on our post, you can follow the link right there. Sign up. Same thing. Get the promo code and get the... Uh, all, everything that comes with using Tailgate when you sign with BetUS. BetUS.com, promo code Tailgate. Love it. Love it. Uh, dumb debates, Tyler. Dumb debates. And I don't know these topics yet. No, no, you, you haven't told me any of these. I have three here, and I'm very interested to know where you stand on these. Okay, let me get some. I'm hitting the buttons today. Okay. So I wanted to get this. Now, this is sort of like debate. Premier presidential. Like you would, yeah, exactly. Presidential yes. debate. Presidential music, right? debate. Absolutely. By the way, today our, our, we're recording on November 8th. Five years ago today, was the presidential election uh, Trump and Hillary? Oh man, wild times! Wild times! Wild times! Mm-hmm. Those anyway, fun times. Isn't this isn't this nice? Looking back, things are great. Um, first debate. Okay. This one is personal to me. My girlfriend and I have been debating this over the last couple weeks. Oh, okay. And I think that where she stands on it is preposterous. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you 
which side I'm on, but I want to okay. know your opinion. Okay. Here it is. Is chili soup? Well, what's the alternative? If it's not soup, what would it be? That's not the question. The question is simply, is chili a soup? Is chili classified okay. as soup? Would Before, because you- I haven't looked it up. I have a computer in front of me, which I'll dive into after I give my answer. Of course. Uh, I would say, personally, no. I would say it's more of a stew. And I would say there's a difference between stew and soup. Soup consists of majority broth or broth-like substance. Mm. Now, you can have... Broth-like substance. Exactly. Now, now, chicken noodle soup, right? Chicken noodle soup has noodles, chicken, maybe some a little some peas, some veggies in there, carrots. Mm. I understand Delicious. that, but it's still soup because the primary thing is that chicken broth, that is the essence of it, right? It's more of a soup. Chili, the essence is the ground beef and the tomatoes. The beans. And the beans. Oof, and so beans. I would say it's more of a stew than a soup. Okay, now... First of all, you basically nailed the definition. I just Googled it, and it says chili doesn't usually have broth or stock, and therefore it is not a soup. So you nailed the scientific. This is what we do. I mean, you crushed it. And I want you to know that I'm on the same side. And so what we're doing right now. There we go. Shout out Natalie if she's listening. You just got put on blast. Natalie, I'm sorry. I didn't didn't know. I just got posterized. We we just put her on a poster, (laughs) and she got posterized. So chili, officially not a soup. And I agree. It's just not a soup. If it was a soup, we'd call it chili soup. What's the difference between stew and soup? Another way to look at it, this is from uh, Pillsbury.com. <laughs> what is uh, Pillsbury? Soup, soup, is any com- <laughs> soup is any combination of ingredients cooked in a liquid. Stew is any dish that's prepared by stewing. That is submerging the ingredients with just enough liquid to cook them at a simmer in a mm. covered pot for a long time. I think that's that's the definition right there. To stew on it. You yeah. Know, you oh. got to stew on it. Uh, the next one. Okay. We're staying with food topic here. Okay. I actually think that you and I might have talked about this in years past. Is Mm. a hot dog a sandwich? No, because for a sandwich to be a sandwich, you have to have two pieces of bread. That's I'm going with it. Even if you have a sandwich, one piece of bread, and you do the half peanut butter, half peanut or half jelly, half peanut butter, half jelly, and and then you fold it in half. Well, now I guess that would be a sandwich. What about a what, what's a panini at that point? Because okay. some paninis have folds in them. So I need to adjust my definition. I guess you can't mm, just do the one piece of bread. Yeah, because that's that's too loose with with just one. I piece mean, of it's bread. a piece of meat, and it's condiments, but, it, but it's almost and it's o- between bread. But it's almost open faced. Like people say, it's a sandwich because you can. It sort of looks like a sandwich, but if if anything, it it mirrors like an open face sandwich where you just have the bottom piece of bread because a hot dog still comes out the top and and all the toppings when all the toppings are showing it's sort of like naked on top right Mm. and so a sandwich you could say yeah i think maybe that's a better definition (laughs) a sandwich the toppings are either not showing or largely concealed like 95 percent. i like that definition yeah because a hot dog you can see all the toppings so that's my i I agree i would never call a hot dog a sandwich however it's a really tough argument because as you said you basically call it an open face sandwich well that still means it's a sandwich now i I think that if you call a hot dog a sandwich you're a psychopath Mm -hmm. personally i do too but it's tough because we have these tricky classifications for what a sandwich is yeah you know and so okay we're both on the same side there now, what about this one? Uh, technically, it's food-related as well. I don't know why I picked three food things. Maybe I'm just hungry. Uh, when you load your dishwasher, do you put the silverware up with like the, the pointy end up or down? So this is one that I've changed in my life two or three years ago. Oh, wow. 
I wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. Yes. You started as a pointy side down guy and you moved to pointy side up. That's exactly right. <laughs> I learned. I was educated. And Will, I'm not. I'm, I'm someone willing to change what I do mm. based on new information. Mm. I'm not going to dig my heels in. I'm not going to be stubborn with anything. If I if I hear that it's better to do something a certain way, I'll switch it. Now, here's the thing for a the kids man. out there. You're a great man. For the kids out there. <laughs> don't do this with your steak knives. Put your steak knives facing down still. There could be some very messy, bloody, bloody things. cleanup. Yeah, so put your knives, even your forks, it's okay, facing up. Yeah. Uh, the, the, or excuse me, the, the spoons in forks facing up, the knives face down. You and I are actually the exact same. I started with everything down, and just in the last like year, I've switched the other way. And the reason why is because they get cleaned better when they're not at the bottom of the little crate thing. A lot of agreement today. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. I'm fa- mm-hmm. I mean, this is incredible. Let's see if the bedboard goes this way. Okay. Do you have any other dumb debates or no? I have... No, not a dumb debate, no. Okay. No. All right, fair enough. Then yeah. we're moving on. I mean, look, this is the first time you and I have just been eye to eye on like everything all show long. This I is guess incredible. I could come up with a quick one on, on the spot. Yeah, best cat mascot in college football like who is it now for instance are 19- we talking live mascots or like the no, man no, 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 in the no. suit the, the guy in the suit the or just the, general the, the, mascots. the person in the suit the no. person in the suit now, you can't do live mascots that's easy it's the university of colorado buffaloes but like for instance and it has to be a cat okay there's 19 schools that use the cougar so if you're gonna go cougar mm. or like byu you have to say why it's that school uh i mean the byu guy in the suit is killer. He dances really well. Like, have you ever seen the one where he gets in with like the cheerleaders and the dance team and like uh, nails it? I have. That's they're, pretty they're, entertaining. They're pretty talented. Yes. Um, I mean, personally, I think that uh, LSU's guy in the tiger suit looks pretty hilarious. Mike the Tiger, I think, is his name. Okay. Um, he just has a funny look to him. And actually, the Clemson Tiger, same thing. His eyes look goofy, and so that's tough. I mean, what other cats are there? There's bear cats. So there's the wild cats. There's a whole bunch of schools with wild cats. There's, there's the, ti- the tigers, a lot yep. of tigers. Yep. Uh, like I said, the lions. There's a couple lions out there. Mm. A lot of cougars, mm. panthers, jaguars. There's Augusta, IUPUI, Southern, and Southern Alabama. All jaguars. No real big schools. I mean, if there. I'm thinking just the dude in the suit, I think. I mean, the Clemson guy just has goofy eyes, so I might just give it to him. Okay. I love like a goofy, a good goofy mascot. Let me give you a low key good one for the cats. Central Washington, uh, their uh, mascot, Wellington P. Wildcat. <laughs> okay. Now, he's got a big head, uh, he really big head on the mascot, but he's fun. He does a lot of stuff. He's a, a low-key good cat mascot for all the kids out there. Interesting. You know, I mean, why don't we have any uh, house cats? Why is there not like a team that's the house cats are ferocious murderers? I mean, house cats are pretty intense. They I, are. Yeah, I live in an area with like a lot of birds and stuff, and yeah, you do. It's they, called Earth. Cat- <laughs> <laughs> cats are crazy around here. Once, actually, it was hysterical. I saw a cat like hunting and stalking. I don't know if he was hunting, but like either stalking or playing with a squirrel. Mm. And this squirrel was scared Wholesome. shitless. And I was oh, like, they weren't playing like hopscotch. No, they no. It was angry playing. <laughs> and I like videotaped it on my phone. It was something else, man. That is something What else. a world. What a world. A world of cats. Mm. Um, all right, moving on. Week 11, best bets. Best bets. Here we go. I think we got six or seven games here, Tyler, and we're leading off with a big one in the Big 12. Michigan at Penn State. Right now, Penn State a one-point home favorite. Wow. Now, it's not a whiteout game technically, 
They already did that this year for the Auburn game, but I think it's essentially supposed to be a whiteout game. They usually do it for Ohio State or Michigan. I think they'll wear alternate helmets or something. It's going to be an interesting one, and it's a tough place to play. And this one is really intriguing to me because Penn State, you know, their record is not very good, but we've seen them play really tough against big opponents. They did it against uh, uh, Ohio State a couple weeks ago. They did it against Auburn early on. And to me, the main thing is, can their offense get going? Because their defense is very good. They have an extremely talented front seven. They're really hard to run on. And that makes this matchup against Michigan really interesting because we know what Michigan wants to do. They want to run the ball. Can they throw the ball? Yes. You know, Cade McNamara certainly has proven himself capable more and more as the year goes on. But ultimately, Michigan wants to run it down teams' throats. They want to establish the run game. And they're, they're out one of their best running backs this game. Blake Corum is not expected to play. We'll see. He's questionable. But he went out last week against Indiana. Now you just have Hassan Haskins and then maybe the, the freshman as the backup. To me, that's what this whole game hinges on. It's, it's Michigan's run game versus Penn State's run defense. And I think that if you see Penn State come out and, and dominate the running game early, I don't think this is going to be very good for Michigan. I think that if, if Michigan, though, can can establish the run a little bit, get things going, I actually think they can do well here. And this is tricky to me, especially with such a close line. I think Michigan's going to show up this game. Penn State, to me, has been iffy this year, especially against the spread. And I think Michigan's passing game has got better and better every week. Now, Jim Harbaugh came out this week and said there were issues or the referees came out and said that they got a bunch of stuff wrong in the Michigan State game. Yeah. I don't necessarily love that look. I mean, I Me think there, there could be some distractions. I think Michigan could be focusing right now on the wrong things. And there is a ton of pressure on Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh hasn't performed well under pressure at Michigan. So it's all these ancillary things which make me a little afraid to actually jump in and bet Michigan this game. I certainly lean strongly with Michigan. I, I would probably take them in a bet board. But in terms of uh, making it one of my better bets or anything like that, I'm hesitant. But my power rankings say Michigan. I say Michigan. And uh, I, I do think they'll be able to run the football. I know they have some injuries. Michigan has that system this year. And I hate using the system argument, but that's what it's about with Michigan this year. It's the offensive line. It's getting run rolling as a team I think these backups will do just fine filling the role and so uh I like Michigan yeah I wish that this line was a little bit bigger if I would you know so I could jump on Michigan plus two and a half plus three something like that the fact that it's plus one you know it's a little bit it, it makes me nervous but to me that also means they think this is going to be a close game and, and a note that you should take into account if you're going to bet this game is I do think Michigan has the edge on special teams. Their kicker, especially Jake Moody, has been lights out this year. Mm. He's been fantastic. If it's if it's coming down to a game winning kick, I actually have as someone who's a a scarred Michigan fan who just feels like they're going to lose every big game. If it comes down to they're down two points and they need a field goal to win the game, it's a forty five <laughs> yarder. I actually feel great about Jake Moody. He's been incredible. And so you know, should it be a close game, I think they might have the edge there. So I think I'll lean Michigan plus one here, which is not usual for me, but I'm, I'm definitely nervous about it. So taking Michigan plus one. Okay. Uh, next up, Big 12, huge Big 12 matchup. Oklahoma going on the road to Baylor. Sooners right now a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Baylor off the, the big-time surprise loss to TCU. Gary, Gary Patterson gets fired. Jerry Kill takes over as the interim head coach. He's done that before. He's been a head coach before at Minnesota. And what do they do? They go out and they beat <laughs> Baylor, a big surprise win. And Baylor, a team that's been very tough this year, a really good team, very balanced on offense, a team I really like. I think Dave Aranda has them going in the right direction. Yeah. Now they get a chance to maybe right the ship a little bit in the Big 12, and they get Oklahoma at home. 
you know, interesting uh, thing to note here. They just had a Baylor coach that announced he's going to be taking the Texas Tech job. So maybe some distractions there. And there's also rumors that Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator for Oklahoma, has been interviewing in other places as well. I think you could see him take the head coaching job at Washington State. He was a defensive coordinator there before. And so will that be a distraction for this Oklahoma defense? You know, this is a really interesting one because I think that Baylor has the underdog mentality. I like that they're getting points at home, but Oklahoma's just so good right now. What's the spread again? Five and a half. Okay. And, you know, we've seen Baylor compete well against Oklahoma in recent years, but ultimately Oklahoma would just always get that last play at the end to to come back and beat them. I think I'm rolling with the Sooners here, minus five and a half. Tyler. Yeah, I am too. It's a, it's definitely a power ratings play for me. And OU starting to let it roll. Like they, They're finally putting it together. I really believe that. They've gotten better and better every week. And, and if you look at uh, PFF College, they have one of the best pass rushes in all of college football. Yep. And I think Baylor has struggled with that the last couple of weeks. Now, Baylor does have a good, you know, uh, pass protection. They've got a good offensive line, but it has gotten weaker and weaker the more they've played experienced teams with good front sevens. So I think that it's a matchup edge for Oklahoma. It's going to be, I think, motivation this week when the college football playoff rankings come out. They're going to see all these teams around them. They have a really good shot to get a good seed this year. Everything's gone well for Oklahoma this year when they haven't played their best at all. They're finally starting to do that. I like Oklahoma this game. And Baylor, I think there could be a little distraction. And again, we're, the whole matchup with Baylor's Baylor's offensive line, Oklahoma's front seven, I'll take Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, I, actually, if you're an Oklahoma fan, it would worry me that they just lost to TCU because now they, they just got punched in the face and now they're awake. If they get that easy win versus yeah, TCU, that's, that's true. maybe they're a little bit too hyped up. You mentioned the pass rush. Nick Benito is an absolute freak for Oklahoma. You know, I think that... The fact that Oklahoma is undefeated and the committee is not giving them a lot of love, I think actually will motivate them and they can play a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Like you said, you know, they're undefeated, but they haven't played that well this year. But guess what? It's all been working out for them. Now they're finally looking good. I think we're both in the Sooners here, minus five well, and a half. And that's the best position for teams like this. When you're not playing your best, keep on fighting, keep on staying undefeated. Then you finally put it together like Oklahoma is. They should be playing their best, best football of the season this week. So, uh, yeah, we'll take the Sooners a little underrated right now. Okay, love it. The next one we're going to talk about, Tyler, uh, is pretty silly. And we're not going to spend a ton of time on it because yeah. I think it's ridiculous. But New Mexico State goes at Alabama. New Mexico State, by the way, 1-8, and eight, one of the worst teams in all of college football, and they're 52-point <laughs> road dogs. Gundy, I know you would uh, never bet this game in a million years as no. a professional better. Seeing a, a line, I can't even... I, it's kind of surprising me they even have a line this big. Um, 52 points is absurd. If you had to, gun to your head, what what are you picking? Are you picking Bama here? No, I'm probably going to go New Mexico State. <laughs> the Lobos. It, it, it's New Mexico State, right? Not New Mexico? Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, Doug Martin has been a or coach. the Aggies, excuse me. Yeah, Doug Martin has been there for a long time, and he's one of those kind of – classic old school guys a lot of coaches like him a lot of coaches have you know kind of backed him up and he's on the hot seat right now he has not done well but fire. I, I think for that reason Nick Saban may let up a little bit plus I mean 52 points is just I mean I th- that's a huge number like what would it have to be for you to see value would you have to have it minus 59 you know, and, and be like, oh, I've got a touchdown value here. Because for it to be that high, you'd have to have so many things going your way. I, I, I don't like that at all. And again, I think it means a lot that Doug Martin 
is kind of one of those tenured guys, probably not going to go anywhere, hasn't had a great year, may not be the kind of program or coach or coaching staff for Nick Saban to unleash on. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that it, the number would have to be like 65 before I would bet New Mexico State here. And I know you, you're right. Alabama has no reason here to run up the score. on a t- That's not Nick Saban's MO at all, to go and pound on the little guy. He's probably just hoping that they can get through this game without killing any New Mexico State players at this point. Right. And he's going to play his backups. But what freaks me out is that New Mexico State gave up 55 points to Nevada. How many points are they going to give up to Alabama? And mind you, an Alabama team that just rushed for six yards against LSU. If there's one thing we do know about Nick Saban is he's going to want to run this ball and have them run for 400 yards. Now, I do think they'll just chew the clock, and that limits possessions ultimately. Right. You know, I think the funnier bet would be is can New Mexico State score a touchdown in this game? I well, don't know. Well, that's the question. They have a pretty decent offense this year against very bad competition. Yeah. You know, in that same game they gave up 55 to did in Nevada, they scored 28. That's so. true. You never know. Maybe they'll be able to sneak one in. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, and obviously, I'm not going to bet it either. But I think if I'm going gun to my head, I'm, I'm going to take Bama minus 52. Well, the shitty absurd. thing for a game like this is, you know, the way they do student tickets in Alabama, it's all by auction. And yeah. so, or raffle, I should say, not auction. It's raffle. And so, you get tickets to games based on luck. And so, some students get the, you know, the great Alabama SEC games at home, you know, the Auburn game or whatever. And yep. Some get New Mexico, New Mexico State. State. So, I mean, what's that first half line going to be? Thirty-five points. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. And they could be up twenty-eight nothing in the first ten minutes of the but game. But you wonder just how many possessions they're going to have because yes. aren't there like fifteen or so possessions per team in a normal game? Like, so what is that? Like eight possessions there. And if they're running the clock out, that means they'd have to score. You know, pretty much every time they get the ball, like six of six for touchdowns. Is that that absurd to, to no, think not, of? No, I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting line just by the, the number on it, but yeah. you know, we're, we're both not going to bet it. So uh, moving on to a real SEC matchup, Texas A&M going at Ole Miss. Right now, the Aggies two and a half point road favorites. You know, this one is really interesting because Texas A&M is finally getting things together on offense a little bit. You know, Calzada is not a very good quarterback, but the run game is going great for them. Uh, C.J. Spiller, I think is his name. Is it C.J. Spiller? Uh, Isaiah Spiller? Uh, Yeah. Um, He had a huge game last week. They get the big win against Auburn at home. Um, You know, the Ole Miss run defense has has not been that good this year, and they're about to face a team, you know, at home that wants to run the ball all day long. Now, that being said, with Zach Calzada being a guy who's very limited, I think this allows an opportunity for Ole Miss to – you know, put eight, nine guys in the box, try all day to stuff the run and see if you can can hang tight with this team. The fact that they're at home here, I mean, look, I think Texas A&M is the better team, no doubt. They're hitting their stride right now. It's, it's really a shame that they lost their starting quarterback to injury earlier in the year because who knows what they'd be right now. But it's tough for me to pick pick against Texas A&M right now. What are your ratings saying, Tyler? My ratings have A&M three points better. So everything incorporated, I've got this right around to pick them. Interesting. Yeah. So is that enough for you to to be on Ole Miss here as as two and a half point home uh, dogs? Yes, it is. I am on Ole Miss here plus two and a half. Uh, I think Ole Miss matches up well. Now defensively, I do wonder if A&M is going to be able to run the football. One part where Ole Miss has struggled this year, especially in the analytics is rush defense. So if Texas A&M decides they're not going to throw the football, they're going to take it out of their quarterback's hands, keep it on the ground. That could be an area where they do have success, but I just don't know if they're going to do that. Their run, their, their run blocking has not been fantastic this year. They're below average in run blocking. As a matter of fact, it calls football 
And I just don't think that they're that patient on mm-hmm. offense. We've seen it all year. They just don't have the patience, I believe, especially against Ole Miss, who's probably going to be putting points on the board. Does Texas A&M, again, have that in their arsenal to say, nope, we're going to slow it down, run the football, check down, eat the clock? I'm not so sure. These are two teams who want to play very different games. Absolutely. But no, two and a half points right there at zero is plenty. I don't need the three. I'm not convinced it's going to go either way. If I was certain that money's going to come in on A&M, I, w- I would advise everyone to wait out there but uh, I, I'll, I'll take the two and a half, Ole Miss. I think they win this outright. Man, this is tough. I love Ole Miss. I love Lane Kiffin. They're a fun team, a team that I, I like to watch. I like to root for. I think they have some of the best jersey combinations in all of college oh, yeah. football. Um, I, I, I feel like A&M is the better team here. I think they have the, the much better defense. They can run the ball better. And I do think that if they can get that, if they can commit to the run game early and get it going with Spiller, it opens up a lot for Calzada. I think that this might be our bet board game. I'm going to go A&M minus two and a half. All right. Love it. Love it. Okay, staying in the SEC, Georgia at Tennessee. Tennessee, big win against Kentucky. Huge win for the program. Josh Heupel has the hype train going, Josh Heupel train. And now you get Georgia, the best team in the country, coming in. 20-point road favorites. And you said it's how, you know, with the last game, two teams that want to play differently. I don't know if if Tennessee and Georgia want to play that differently, but they're different teams. Tennessee needs to score in order to stay in games, and no one is scoring on, on Georgia right now, and I think that's why you're seeing this number be Georgia 20-point road favorites against a Tennessee team that is proving with Hendon Hooker and with that running game they can score points. They did it. They scored a lot of points on a Kentucky defense that's very good, frankly speaking. Right. You know, this one, I feel like I've bet against Georgia when they have these big lines against good teams so far this year, and they've burned me every time. I think that Georgia's going to, you know, this is a test for what is definitely the best defense in the country. They can look at Tennessee and say, this team wants to score points. Let's go and show everybody again why we're the best team in the country right now. I think Georgia could win this game and cover that 20-point spread easily. I have this as Tennessee as a bet, but I'm not going to bet against Georgia. I've learned this year they're one of those historic teams you don't want to bet against. So for that reason, it's just a rule I have right now. I'm not going to do that, and I don't I don't bet against Nick Saban. I don't bet against, uh, generally, Bill Belichick in the NFL. And we're not going to bet against Georgia this year. So there you go. Yeah, and the curse is lifted. The Braves won the, the, uh, yes, the World Series. Yeah. And now the Atlanta sports curse is lifted. Maybe now Georgia go. I mean, imagine if you're an Atlanta native or whatever. You're a fan of the Braves in Georgia, and and the Braves win the World Series, and now Georgia is looking like well, maybe cha- the favorites win it all. Championships have come in two the last couple of years. Oh, interesting. The Dodgers won the World Series a couple of years ago, and then the Lakers won it. And then Ugh. last year, uh, Tampa Bay uh, Lightning won it in the hockey, and then uh, the Buccaneers won it in football. That's right. And then this year, Georgia won it. Uh, Atlanta Braves won it in the uh, in baseball, and then now the Georgia Bulldogs could win it in in, in college football. That makes me feel good about them being my my twos. pick to win the national championship <laughs> this year. Are. So, um, all right. Last but not least, so we're both on Georgia there minus twenty. Yes. Last but not least, Purdue at Ohio State right now. Ohio State a twenty point home favorite, and that's interesting because Purdue. Can they possibly do it a third time this year? They beat number two ranked Iowa earlier in the year. Then last week they take down number three ranked Michigan State. Can they possibly pull off another top four, top three upset? Now this is different because they had both those two teams at home. Now they go on the road to the shoe against an Ohio State team that before the Nebraska game was really hitting their stride. You know, can they possibly do it a third time? 
you know, I don't know if you can activate the trap card when you're the road team, when you're Purdue. I think the trap card gets played when you're bringing teams, you know, to West Lafayette. Um, but to me, I look at Ohio State and the, the, the teams that they have lost to or almost lost to, they've given up big games to quarterbacks in those games. And I look at that Michigan State game last week. Aiden O'Connell and David Bell had a huge game. They had 500 yards passing, didn't even have to run the ball to beat Michigan State. I don't think that Purdue wins this game, certainly. It would be incredible if they did, if they knocked off that many ranked teams or, or top-ranked teams in one season. But I think that Purdue can actually keep this game close. You look historically – uh, you know, Purdue doesn't play Ohio State all that much with them being in separate divisions. But historically, Purdue has played Ohio State pretty tough. I mean, uh, they would have covered this 20-point spread in almost every game dating back to 2000. So I like Purdue plus 20 here. I have gotten burned this year going with Ohio State and these big spreads, but I actually like Ohio State. I think that Purdue coming off that game last week was the worst time for them to play Ohio State. It's a huge win. It's an emotional win. I heard the post-game interviews, you know, they were they were really celebrating as they should have. I mean, that was a big win last week, being the number three team in the country. But after that, at home, having to travel, Ohio State also knows how that Nebraska game looked. I don't think it's going to be great this, this week in the college football rankings. So I know I've gotten burned, but again, I think Ohio State, they're not going to lose six, seven games against the spread. They, they they've, haven't won against the spread in like a month. Right, and so the fact that this is, is such a big line still, I'm going to take Ohio State. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, if there's one thing you can say about Purdue's defense is that it's, they're very good against the run, and they haven't been that great against the pass. And we know that C.J. Stroud and all the weapons on offense are incredible. They're playing at home; they typically score a lot of points at home. But to me, the 20 points is just too much. Are is this going to be? Are we going to have two bet board games, or what are you thinking here? We've already got the one with right, A&M and right. Ole Miss. I just don't know if I want to make this a bet board game. What is it, minus 20? Yeah. Ohio State, you got, they go in by three touchdowns. Mm, doo, doo, doo. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not crazy about it, but I will if you want to. We can, we can make it a bet board game. You're, I mean, look, it's 11-6. Yeah, I'm down five. Yeah, so and we're, we're, I mean, how many weeks do we have left? We've got it's like week eleven, five or six weeks until we get to bowl season. I think. Yeah, so I mean, we can we can do two. We can do two games. I'll okay, take Ohio let's State do two. Twenty there. All right. So you're on Ole Miss. I'm on A and M. I'm on Purdue. You're on Ohio State. We got two bet board games. Uh, we don't have a Smitty pick of the week this week with Smitty being gone, but he's five and two by the way. Five and he two. He won again. Smitty's hot. If you're going to roll with his picks, roll yes. with him. Now my parlay bet of the week last oh, last I love week. It. I love it. Went three out of four. Okay. Michigan State screwed me. But I was happy to see him lose. We're gonna keep it going this week. I'm telling you. Hold it's, on, it's, man. I got this nice sound for it's this. It's bound week. to happen. Ooh, a little drum roll. I yeah. like it. Okay, we're going Georgia minus twenty, Purdue plus twenty. I like both these twenty point lines. <laughs> Purdue plus twenty, Georgia minus twenty, Oklahoma minus five and a half, and Texas A&M minus two and a half. Those, I love it. That's that's them right there. Okay, that's the parlay. I mean, that's the parlay. That is going to do it. It's, it. It has to happen at some point, right, Tyler? You, uh, you know what I'm going to do that, that's going to maybe make you happy, maybe make you upset? What? At the end of the year, I should go back and do all your games. If you would have put $100 <laughs> on each on game individual. individually, See how much, how much you'd made. either be up or down. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be up a little bit at least. I think you definitely... Dude, you, the last couple of weeks, you're six and eight. Yeah. 
in your parlays, you went three and four two weeks in a row. Yeah, that's right. And you have nothing to show for it. It happens. I have nothing to show for it except for um, one of these days it's going to hit. And the listeners, yeah. if you've been grinding with me, if you're, if you're going with me, I, I, I'm doing it for you. Well, it's not for me. Thing, if the listeners have been following your parlays the whole time, the question is, when do they jump off? If so, because if they've been making them every week and they suddenly stop and you hit one, they're going to be pissed. Exactly. So yeah. like statistically, you got to roll with me now. You can't give up now. So you gotta keep I love it. Going. There you go. That's it for the show this week, you guys. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on Spotify on iTunes. Uh, Rate and review. Tell your friends. We'll see you next week.